amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You are listening to the IFH Podcast Network. For more amazing filmmaking and screenwriting podcasts, just go to ifhpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, episode number 486. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. R.E.M. Broadcasting from the back alley in Hollywood, it's the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, where we show you how to survive and thrive as an indie filmmaker in the jungles of the film biz. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Indie Film Hustle Podcast. I am your humble host, Alex Ferrari. Today's show is sponsored by Indie Film Hustle's Filmmaker Process. We provide filmmakers with professional services to get their films or series funded, finished, and distributed. Some of the services we offer are pitch deck creation, film budgets and schedules, domestic and international sales estimates, legal contract templates, consulting, post-production services, script coverage, professional trailer editing, poster design, film deliverables, and production payroll. To learn more, go to www.filmmakerprocess.com. Today's show is sponsored by Rise of the Film Entrepreneur, how to turn your independent film into a profitable business. It's harder today than ever before for independent filmmakers to make money with their films, from predatory film distributors ripping them off to huckster film aggregators who prey upon them. The odds are stacked against the indie filmmaker. The old distribution model of making money with your film is broken and there needs to be a change. The future of independent filmmaking is the entrepreneurial filmmaker or the film entrepreneur. In Rise of the Film Entrepreneur, I break down how to actually make money with your film projects and show you how to turn your indie film into a profitable business. With case studies examining successes and failures, this book shows you the step-by-step method to turn your passion into a profitable career. If you're making a feature film, series, or any other kind of video content, the Film Entrepreneur method will set you up for success. The book is available in paperback, ebook, and of course, audiobook. If you want to order it, just head over to www.filmbizbook.com. That's filmbizbook.com. Now guys, today on the show, we have a multi-hyphenate filmmaker by the name of Zoe Lister-Jones. Now, many of you might know Zoe from the amazing show Life in Pieces, but she's also been in films like The Other Guys with Mark Wahlberg, Salt, with Angelina Jolie and many others. But what's interesting about Zoe is she's also not only a great actress, but a writer, producer, and director. Her films have played in competition at Sundance, South by Southwest, 
and Tribeca, just to name a few. She has produced a written films that at the micro budget level, like 15 grand for a film called Breaking Upwards, running all the way up to the studio system with the film The Craft Legacy, which she wrote, directed, and executive produced as well. Her latest film, How It Ends, is a film that she wrote, directed, and produced and co-directed with her husband, Daryl Wine. Now, How It Ends is a really interesting, feel-good, apocalyptic comedy. Now, the film was shot entirely during the pandemic, and you can kind of feel that end-of-the-world energy in the film. Uh, I had the pleasure of watching it, and it is a fantastic film. So Zoe and I get into her career, how she worked on sets, how she became a director, how on one of her films she hired a completely female crew just to see how it would feel and how well that turned out and so many other things. So without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Zoe Lister-Jones. I'd like to welcome to the show Zoe Lister-Jones. How are you doing, Zoe? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for doing this. Like I was telling you earlier, uh, my wife and I have uh, binged all of Life in Pieces. Uh, yes. So <laughs> that, that must have been such a fun show to be on, though. That cast. It was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got to spend like most of my days with Colin Hanks, who's a real dream of a person and, and acting partner. And, and then the rest of the cast. Yeah. Like if you could have told my younger self that I would be spending <laughs> my days with, across Diane Weist, across from Diane Weist, I would have been like, you're lying. Right. Um, <laughs> but we all, we all are so close, you know, we continue to be close and it was such a gift of a show to be on for four years. Yeah. And Colin, he keeps popping up in your films. <laughs> Can't get rid of him. <laughs> he's, he's like a dirty penny. Just, he just keeps popping up. <laughs> <laughs> He'd love Not- to be with you as that. Now, um, how did you get started in the business? Um, I went to NYU to um, Tisch. I actually, I studied mm. acting um, at the Atlantic Theater Company Acting School. And uh, and then upon graduate, I, I always knew that I wanted to write as well. And I, um, upon graduating, wrote a one-woman show for myself. <laughs> as, as, actors, as, as, as actors, as actors do. <laughs> as actors do. Um, and I got my first agent and manager from that. And, uh, and then, you know, started like booking law and order guest stars, the, the bat mitzvah of, uh, of young actors in New York. Um, (laughs) this is how I became a woman. And then, um, and then, yeah, I just started, I started to work a lot more as an actor there in both theater and, and TV and film. And then, um, uh, I co-wrote a film called Breaking Upwards um, with Daryl Wine, who I co-wrote and directed, um, co-wrote and co-directed How It Ends With. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was sort of my first foray into um, filmmaking. And and we, we made a number of films together um, that Breaking Upwards was super guerrilla. It was like we made it for 15 grand. Yeah. Um, and it and it was a real labor of love, but it really opened a lot of doors for us. And so we got to then make a number of more films. And then I went and made um, my directorial debut, uh, which was called Band Aid, um, mm-hmm. which premiered at Sundance in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of how, yeah, the 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 filmmaking experience prior to that was really 
boot camp. Um, and then I was finally like, I'm ready to direct. Because it's not, because it's not, uh, being an independent filmmaker, it's not just, be, it's like being on the set of Law and Order. Uh, you, you, your crafty is generally not as good. <laughs> crafty is generally terrible. I was in charge of crafty on Breaking Upwards. Um, so it was like, yeah, like mini bags of chips that I was buying at bodegas. Um <laughs> Yes. As we were shooting and just like throwing them at cast members. <laughs> um, so, so you as an, I mean, you started off as an actress um, and, and obviously you still have a very, you know, you're still acting as well and you wanted to write uh, and direct, but when you went into breaking upwards, I mean, it was kind of like a crash course into, because independent film is, <laughs> is definitely, uh, is, is trial by fire, especially at a $15,000 budget in New yeah. York. I'm assuming you called friends and friends helped and there was all that kind of stuff, but um, what was it like going from, you know, what you're used to as an actress and not that you were like, you know, you know, on the Avenger set, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. a little bit different than 15K. 15K was probably the, the crafty budget for that episode of Law and Order that yeah. you started on. Yeah, oh, totally. Um, you know, I think because it was the first film that, the first narrative film, at least that, that Daryl and I had made, um, it was really trial by fire. And I kind of think, you know, that is the way, even if you do go to film school, there's no way to really learn any of the things that you will learn once you're on a, a live set, because it's, it is just, you know, um, navigating minefields by the hour. <laughs> um, and especially at that budget, but, but really at any budget, I mean, I've now gone on to make a studio film as a writer director and, um, and I think even when the budgets get bigger, you're still facing, you know, funnily similar uh, challenges. They just they just shift in scope, but but they're <laughs> always still there. You know, like you're always up against a budget, um, no matter how big the budget. Oh, the light, is. and you're and you're you're up against the sun. You're losing the light. You're always losing and the you're light. Always trying to make your days. Yeah, and <laughs> and that is that's really you know I think something that is a muscle that, that, you know, you can obviously, um, exercise and, and learn how to be really efficient and quick on your feet. Um, but yeah, it, it's always that, that dance between the purely creative impulse. And then there's something that's, you know, slightly administrative about it, where it's just like, you're in charge of this crew of people, regardless of how big or small that crew is. And you're really just trying to like get the shot, you know, before, before the sun sets. And, and the one thing that, depending on the, the film. Exactly. And, and the one thing that they never talked to you about uh, is honestly the politics of sets of being on a set and just dealing anytime you've got a group of people that you've got to manage. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. 
If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And now back to the show. There's going to be some politics and things, what you do, what you don't do. And you have a unique perspective because you come from in front of the camera as well as the back of the camera. So did that, when you were on set, I'm assuming there was some of that going on. And especially the, the lower the budget, unless it's all really good friends, things happen. But even on some of the larger projects you have, like how do you navigate those kind of like political landmines that you have to sometimes within egos and personalities and stuff, whatever you feel comfortable saying, I don't want to get you in trouble. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll name names. Um, uh, no, I, I think, um, yeah, the, you are, I mean, I always say like the ultimate goal. And I think the, the beauty of filmmaking is that it's like, a, a group of people who ultimately have to learn how to s- sort of operate as one single organism. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like an, a, a really beautiful social experiment and creative experiment. Um, but you are constantly dealing with, you know, like any community, um, it, you know, whether it's professional or just who's living in your house or when you move in with a friend, it's like you come up against, um, yeah, just personal things that, that you kind of have to be the, the mother or father, you know, or parent (laughs) of, and, and you are, and I think ego does come into play a lot, unfortunately, because, um, because the stakes feel high, regardless of how small the budget are, the stakes always feel really high on a set and everyone's trying to do their best work and everyone wants to be doing their best work. And, um, and that's a really vulnerable place, you know, to be in. So if anything is getting in the way of someone doing their best work, or if they don't feel that they have agency over their work or, you know, any of those issues will come up. And I think, um, I just always try to, um, I, I believe like wholeheartedly that every one on a set is like in charge of their own artistry. And the more that you give them that you let them know that, you know, the, the better it goes because um, everyone is ultimately there to support, you know, the sort of filmmakers vision, mm-hmm. but, but each, but each person has their own incredible unique vision, you know, that is in support of that. And I think the more freedom people feel, um, to sort of express those visions individually, I think the better, the better it always goes. <laughs> yeah. And I, th- I think also the, that's, a, and that what you just laid out was a very secure director, someone who feels comfortable in their own skin when you have an insecure director. Yeah. Th- and I'm sure you've probably worked with a couple in your day, yeah. uh, throughout <laughs> your career. Uh, it's not that, you know, then it's all about control and making yeah. sure. So I've always found being on a set that has, more freedom, as long as everybody understands that everything is funneled through the one vision, open yeah. to all ideas. Is that fair? Totally. Yes. And I think, 
you know, the collaboration is, is the beauty. So, um, like anything, the more you try to control it, the, the less you will, you know, <laughs> you mean like so, in life, like in life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it is about really submitting to, to, yeah, to, to the collective in this one way while still staying really true to your vision. But I think a lot of that happens in, um, you know, in prep and so that, prep is obviously, and pre-production is really important, um, and having a strong script. Um, and then, you know, the team around you is, is sort of has more freedom, I think, to, to know that like on the day we have to get shit done and we have to get it done like quickly, <laughs> but also like if there's a great idea, you know, it, we're, we're all open to, to hearing it and, and maybe veering slightly off course. Now you, your parents were, uh, artists, uh, and you were kind of grown, you grew up in an artist kind of family. Mm-hmm. Um, did that scare you or did that in, embolden you to go into the arts? Because the artist's life is not an easy life in, in, in any art form. Uh-huh. Um, it scared me. Both my parents are still artists, although, um, you know, they they both had to work um, other jobs in order to to support themselves and and raise a kid in New York. Um, (laughs) So I I obviously feel very grateful and lucky that I was and continue to be able to make a living from my art. Cause that is, you know, so it is a real rarity. Um, so I think seeing that struggle growing up definitely scared me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but not enough, the, but not enough. Cause you're here. <laughs> well, not enough. No. I mean, I think seeing the heartache, you know, and the, and the rejection and the, and yeah, just the sort of, um, the vulnerability that comes with it and how much pain can also come with it. Um, when sure we're all making art to make art, but ultimately we also, you know, would like that art to be received well. And, you know, and, and I think to watch, you know, that happen firsthand as a child and see the pain that could accompany the pursuit of those kinds of dreams. It was, um, it was scary. And I think when I, I knew that I really loved performing. I knew that I loved writing. Um, but I did not know that I was going to go to college for it. And it was actually my mom that pushed me to not in like a stage mom way, but more (laughs) because I had started to act in high school. I was quite shy and I started to act in high school. Um, and then, and I ended up getting like, I ended up auditioning for NYU and getting a scholarship. Um, and I was like, I don't think I should go. Cause I didn't want to put all my eggs into that basket. And my mom was the one who was like, no, you should definitely go. <laughs> um, so yeah, big ups to mom for encouraging me. <laughs> now I've talked to, uh, you know, when I do my projects, I've always tried to be as kind as possible to actors because I feel in the, in the, in the hierarchy of abuse, that a uh, creative abuse that you get actors are, they, they have no control. They're essentially almost a commodity sometimes you're like because until someone gives you permission to do your art you really can't do it at a you know to get paid for it then writers are the the next abused ones and then, and then filmmakers and then and so on but um how do you how did you deal with the rejection because i mean it breaks my heart every time an actor walks into a casting session i'm doing i try to be as nice even though i know that they might not be right for the role that has nothing to do with them but it's just like, I'm looking for a six foot tall black man 
Uh, yeah. You're, you're a white woman who's five foot five. First of all, how did you get in this casting? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Um, yeah, I mean, well, it's interesting. I don't know the, the sort of like hierarchy of uh, of the pain of rejection. I don't know. I don't know that I would put actors at the top of the pain. Rege- the on, pain on, no, no. In in our industry, in our industry. No, no. I know. No, in our industry, I even is what I'm saying. Like, I I think that it's like, um, having done it all, I will say <laughs> that it's all painful. Um, yes. But but I but I do think that like, um, you know, when when you write something and share it it's incredibly Mm -hmm. personal and vulnerable. That's really different, you know, than being like, well, that part wasn't for me. And I, I spent, you know, you're right. Two days, two days learning the lines for this audition. It's like, you can spend years on a script or on a pitch for a TV series. And then it, these things go away, you know, and they are, they're gone forever. And you're just like, what? (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, uh, you know, I try not to pity actors too much. I can say that because I'm one of them. Um, (laughs) got it easy no it, it it's hard it's hard being an actor it's hard being a writer it's hard it's hard being a director I mean actors I think it's the, the volume of, of rejection it is yes. is, diff, is really difficult um but I always do try to be yeah as nice as humanly possible in in my auditioning um people and uh and being an, as encouraging as possible. And I think it also takes to a certain extent um, giving actors some leeway because some people just are very nervous auditioners and it actually doesn't speak to their level of talent. Um, so it's sort of having to look at everything. You know, if someone has a, an energy that feels right, but you're kind of like, I think you're self-sabotaging right now, go outside and like breathe for 10 minutes and come back in like, <laughs> stop freaking out, you know, um, can sometimes be helpful. Now you, your, your project, um, uh, breaking upwards and, and a handful of your other projects as well, got into some pretty big festivals. I love, always love to ask, especially like South by and Sundance when you got the call, what, what's that like? <laughs> um, breaking upwards was our first, was our first film and it got into South by and we were just so excited. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, 
cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And now back to the show. Um, and going to Austin was, you know, it was, it was just a thrill. And we were in narrative competition and oh. being there, seeing everyone, you know, the line around the, the, the block to get in. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Um, Sundance was always like the, uh, whole, the Holy grail. Of course. And, um, and on my directorial debut, it was the first time I got into Sundance. And that, that call was truly like, yeah, it was, it was out of body. I left my body for sure. Um, and to be in narrative competition at Sundance oh. too, was just, holy shit. You know, and they, they were like, and you're going to play at the Eccles, which anyone listening is oh, like, yeah. Oh yeah, it's the it's the dream of dreams, you know this this theater, and it's where I had as a as a viewer watched so many filmmakers go and you know introduce their films there, and it was always like this must have been surreal, um, huge life goal. It was absolutely surreal, and and for Band Aid, um, which premiered there, I mean it was just crazy because it was I I stood up on that stage after the film ended, and I think that that theater holds. 2,500, I think. Yeah, like 2,500 people. It's <laughs> um, insanity. Uh, yeah, and everyone got on their feet and stood, and I was. And it was just. It's oh. truly one. It's truly one of the greatest experiences of my of my life, and I'm sure will continue to be <laughs> until I die. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that those calls are always amazing, and how it ends, which which just pre- premiered at Sundance, even though it was virtual this year. Um, that call was it, it never isn't exciting it's you know never, like, no matter how many times. it's not a bad call and, it's not a bad call no matter what it is you know, and and south by two like how it ends we've been really lucky it's the first film i've ever had to play sundance south by and tribeca um wow. and so like you know every time we get the call we're like wait really <laughs> for each festival we're like we get to come to you too it's, um, it's the holy Trinity. it's the holy, the holy trinity yeah. <laughs> it is. It, it's the egot of festivals. It's, it's the egot of festivals. Yeah. No, no question. Now, when yeah. you shot um, Band Aid, um, you you famously had an all female crew, which I'm I'm embarrassed to have to have a conversation about this. It shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't be a thing. It just shouldn't. But did you realize that it was going to cause so much discussion when you're like, oh yeah, we're going to do it all female, and everyone was like. What? Like their people's heads started to explode. First, yeah. did you expect the dialogue that all this dialogue to happen? And secondly, as a female director, what was it like just walking around looking at females <laughs> constantly yeah. everywhere, which I'm sure is yeah. not the the experience normally. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um I I guess I, I guess I was aware. I mean, I think because the the reasons why I I chose to hire all women um, on the crew of Band-Aid, you know, were like multifold. <laughs> um, part of it was was just on a personal level. I really wanted to see what that would feel like. Um, you know, like I I'm really into um, creating environments that that can foster a new creative experience. You know, and I think as a, it was, I was a first time director. I'm a woman. I've seen women, you know, 
have to take some shit, um, especially first time directors on sets when I've been an actor and I wanted to protect myself. Smart. Um, Very smart. In other words, you didn't, you didn't want that 65 year old, uh, DP, (laughs) you know, who, you know, he's smoking the cigar on set going, this chick doesn't know what she said. You didn't want that experience because I've had that experience as a man when I was the young director on set. You know, it it, it doesn't always discriminate. You'll probably always get some sort of crotchety person. Um, the gaffer. Being it's always the, it's always, it's always the gaffer. Yeah. It's always the yeah. gaffer. The grip. Yeah, G and E is tough, but um, <laughs> no, 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 love G and E. Um, but I, you know, I think, and and I've had amazing working relationships, you know, with men. I just, I think, I, I did just want to see um, what it would, what it would feel like. And then on top of it, I think I was, as we all continue to be, sadly, this we shot it in 2016. Um, just the inequity on on sets is is still so staggering. You know, I mean, you will oftentimes be on a set with one woman um, on on the crew. That's you know not counting hair and makeup or wardrobe, but like generally it'll be a, it'll just be scripty. You it'll know, be, it's and, scripty. And it's scripty. Yeah. Like, uh, which in France is still called script girl. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like the secretary of of crews, and it's, it's an incredibly wow. important position. But yeah. it is like. Um, it, it, it's such a broken system. It's a holdover and, from the olden times. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so difficult to change. And I, and I had witnessed that, you know, I chose to do this pre me too, but, um, right. you know, pre, pre many things <laughs> after the, <laughs> the world changed in, uh, in 2016. But, um, but I think, in watching in 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 the hiring process, just for me in that in that film, even my um, women uh, keys, you know, were nervous about hiring other women who had less experience than the dudes they'd been working with right. for a decade. You know, like, and it's not it's not that they were discriminating; it's that everyone's everyone wants the the best person. For for the job, I'm putting that in in quotes for people who are <laughs> listening. Um, but the best person for the job can sometimes be a person who has, you know, less experience, because there's hunger and because um, and because there's ingenuity and you know and and I think there is a real um, roadblock for so many women and people of color for that reason. Like it is, it becomes just sort of we're going to hire the same people we've been hiring because we know their work and because it's a, a safe bet. Um, and so I think it was re- a really interesting experience for everyone on on the crew of Band-Aid to have to step outside their comfort zones and work with new people and see like, oh man, that actually does work. Like we can do that in the future. And, and it's also like, you know, to a certain extent about mentorship. And, um, and we shot Band-Aid in 12 days. Um, with many people who didn't have the experience level that, you know, necessarily would make a person comfortable in a larger film. We got, uh, you know, what we were able to accomplish with this crew of people is like a real testament to taking those risks. Um, and I, and I do, you know, I have continued to try to do that as best I can. Of course, when you get into like the studio system and, and larger things and, um, and the television studio system, Mm. um, it becomes more challenging, but, um, 
but yeah, it was, it was definitely one of the most creatively fulfilling experiences of my life. Now, when you, um, when you're writing, uh, what is your process? Do you outline first? Do you start with character? Do you start with plot? How is that process when you're starting the writing process? Um, I tend to not outline unless I'm working with a studio because <laughs> 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 they force me to, um, but I do tend, I, I really like writing and not knowing exactly where it's going. There's just something about the, um, there's some sort of like channeling that happens that I think is really interesting where you're like, where is this dialogue coming from? Or where is this plot twist coming from? You know, and, and just sort of getting into the flow of that. Not that that can't happen once you're outlining too, you can surprise yourself, but, um, but yeah, I, I have tended to not outline personally. And then, um, you know, when working, uh, I made like a, a pilot for ABC that I wrote and directed and then working on the craft legacy for Sony and Blumhouse, you know, those things start with outlines and, and the outlines are sort of, um, they're pretty heavily, uh, v- vetted, <laughs> vetted before, before you got the green light to, to write. Yeah. And, and the fair enough, it's their money. So, uh, it's yeah. F- yeah. fair enough, fair enough. Um, but uh, so you said something very interesting, um, channel, like the channeling. And I, I completely am on board with what you're saying when it comes to that, where I always love asking, you know, uh, creatives and, and artists and writers, you know, where does it come from? Is that, that question is like, where is this coming from? And anyone who's ever been in an art artistic form, they understand the zone. If you're an athlete, you understand the zone. When you're writing, it's like yeah. you're in the flow. And I love what you're saying. Like, I don't outline because I'm just kind of like, I like to be the surprise. Like, where's this dialogue? Because sometimes when I write same things, like, who's talking? I'm just dictating. Yeah. And Tarantino says that all the time. He's like, all I am is a, I just dictate what these, the yeah. conversation. So where do you think, like, in what state do you have to be as a writer to kind of allow that? Because I'm assuming it doesn't flow all the time. Uh, <laughs> We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And now back to the show. 
Yeah, no. Um, I feel like I get a lot of ideas when I'm going to sleep and when I'm waking up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think a lot of people do. People say when, when, when they're in the shower. Um, I think it's sort of like the liminal spaces where you're – your conscious mind is like able to, I don't know, expand in a different way. Um, and then, and then generally like when I'm in that, I will just like wake up and go right to the computer. Um, and I tend to write pretty quickly. Like I'll, I like to get, um, everything down. Like if I'm writing a feature, you know, I like to just like I don't, I don't do a lot of like going backwards and looking at scenes. I just like keep going. I, I like to push through till I have a, a draft and then, and then, you know, get it fine tuned. And then I have my, you know, group of readers that I send it to who I trust. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I think getting in the flow is something it's like, it, it comes at such interesting and unexpected times. <laughs> yeah, and generally it's like, I, I do it when I'm driving. Uh, it comes mm-hmm. to me sometimes, which is horrible because I can't write, uh, but I'll yeah. record, I'll record. But I think it's when your subconscious mind takes over your normal, like walking or mm-hmm. at the gym yeah. or showering. Like it's, it's auto, it's an automatic movement that you've done a thousand times. So your subconscious mind is doing it. And your, your conscious mind is like, Hey, why don't we over here now? Cause I don't have to think about this. And where are <laughs> Totally. And it, and it kind of vibes that it kind of get, you get into that vibe. And if you figure that out and how to do that constantly, uh, then you, yeah. then it's great. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you work with, uh, when you worked with Bloomhouse, uh, uh, Blumhouse, excuse me, uh, on the craft, which I was a huge fan of the craft back in the nineties, yeah. such a great movie. Um, how did you get involved with that project? Cause that's, I mean, that's a, you're, you know, now you're stepping up. Now you're in the, now you're in the big leagues and, yeah. and, uh, you know, how did that, how did that come about? Um, well, I think Band-Aid, you know, fortunately like made a, enough of a splash for me to, um, then be in consideration for a number of sort of bigger, bigger things to direct. And, um, and that, my agent came to me and said, do you want to pitch a take on a remake of the craft? And I was like, absolutely. Because, you know, it, it, it's such so a good. legendary film and um, it excited me to reimagine it in today's landscape. You know, what, what four young women stepping into their powers would look like. And, um, and so I went and I pitched it to Blum and, um, and the rest of uh, his team there, and and some and the, and Doug Wick, um, who produced the original, um, and yeah, Jason was like, I mean, very sweetly, and and he said this. I'm not doing my <laughs> doing my own horn, but he did say it was um, the best pitch he had ever heard, which was really exciting. Oh, wow, that's that's high <laughs> um, praise from Jason. Yes, it was very high praise. And yeah, upon like that day he just called and said, You got the the gig and um and then yeah, it, it actually happened quite quickly. Like it was I think from that day to um when we shot, uh, it was like two years or when we wrapped, it was like two years. So it, it all happened quite quickly. Right. And, and, and we're the only business that two years is, is, is fast. Yeah. 
like very quickly. It was like at least 24 months. It was finished. And that's like not quickly for Blumhouse. They, they churned things out, but I think this was just a different, um, you know, they had been trying to remake the crafts and, you know, from, for many, many, many years Sequels and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it did feel fast, relatively speaking to like <laughs> the 20 years that had, they'd been trying to remake it. <laughs> now, when you walk on the set for that, for that first day, uh, you're on, you're, you know, you're at the show, as they say, you're at the show. Now you've been, you've been working, you've, you've been in, you know, you've been taking a lot of at bats, but now you're at, the, you're, you're in, you're in the game. Um, what does it feel like walking on set that first day on a studio project with the cat? You had a fantastic cast, you know, all this stuff. What does that feel like? Um, it was, it was surreal, you know, because leading up to any film, it never feels like it's going to actually happen. You know, I mean, <laughs> the day before some bomb will drop and you'll be like, oh, oh this movie is in dire straits, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and we hit many of those things in, in the lead up. Um, you always just have to fight as a filmmaker, like tooth and nail to get that thing just on its feet, just to get it, you know, <laughs> just to get to, to, to get to that day one of production. So, um, I was just so happy that we had made it there. Um, and, and, um, I always like to do like a little like ceremony at the, at the top. So I did that and it was really nice. It was like, you know, we're all entering into this really fucking intense thing that we're about to do for the next 27 days, you know, like, and, and the funny thing up. Is- nightmare <laughs> and the funny th- and the funny thing is is that like i like to do a ceremony which is very apropos for the film that you were about to make yeah. well we had real witches on set who were um our like con our, our our um consultants our witch consultants so they were helping lead us in some ceremonies too it's amazing that that's a thing yeah yeah it's a thing. a witch consultant only in hollywood only in hollywood is there yeah. such a thing as a witch consultant uh, yeah. Now, your latest film, How It Ends, I had the pleasure of watching it. Uh, it is a quarantine film, uh, correct? So you shot it during quarantine. Uh, it not is about- no, it's not. It's not about quarantine. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but it is a quarantine film. That means it was produced there because you say it at the very lovingly shot during the quarantine, which I yeah. thought was, which was great. But the the film is so LA. Uh, anyone who lives here is just such an LA film, and it's so wonderful. Uh, can you tell everybody what it's about? Yeah, How It Ends um, follows um, Liza, who uh, I play, um, on The Last Day on Earth um, as she's in conversation with her younger self, who's played by Kaylee Spaney, who is the star of The Craft. Um, And so it's like uh, a walk and talk through the streets of L.A. on The Last Day on Earth as we're trying to make it to the last party on Earth. And we run into like an amazing and eccentric cast of characters along the way. It's like a, it was, I, I just, I felt like you were Dorothy going to the wizard. I swear. Like everything, you just like, this is a journey, a journey film. Yeah. Like you just weird, wacky characters and things. And you just kept yeah. walking and you just kept walking. It was great. I know we walked a lot. We walked a lot in quarantine. I mean, we, Daryl and I devised the narrative, you know, to be shot entirely, almost entirely outside and six feet apart because we, we started shooting it pretty early on in quarantine. So um, so yeah, this sort of walk and talk, running into people, everyone is in, we have this insane cast, you know, it's like oh. Olivia 
my old Charlie Day, Nick Kroll, Fred Armisen, Bradley Helen Hunt. <laughs> Helen Hunt. Like, uh, we just luckily called our friends and they were all available <laughs> because they were stuck in their houses. Um, so, so this was this, was this the, not, I don't mean to interrupt you. Was this the pitch? Hey, uh, we're just going to come over with a crew. You don't need, just get out into your park, just get outside to your house and we'll just film you out there. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, not everyone was at their house. Some sure. people, you know, we were really like whatever you feel comfortable with. If you want to meet us at someone else's backyard and we enter through this, you know, the side gate, we'll show up there. If we want, if you want us to come to your backyard, we will show up there. Um, if you want to meet on a street corner. And I think because the film, you know, we wanted to make a film that wasn't about the pandemic, but that was sort of exploring a similar emotional landscape because we all were in this really continue to be in this really, you know, like bleak atmosphere, but we're still like, you know, watching Netflix and there's this, this like banality to like the apocalypse that I think we thought was really like something that we wanted to at least be able to laugh, um, you know, amidst the the darkness. And, um, and I think when we were having those conversations with, with the, the actors in the film, we, a lot of them were afraid to, to do, this was their first time in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like, can we be funny right now? Like, you know, it was such a, it was such a dark and, and sort of desperate time. And I think what we, you know, wanted to um, instill on the set. And when we were having these initial conversations was like, you show up wherever you are emotionally on the day. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
And now back to the show. You know, like, and that's the beauty of, of this being the last day on earth <laughs> is that like, if you're in a deep, dark depression, you'll show up and be in a deep, dark depression. Like it's good. we'll, we'll meet you wherever you are. And, and I think that was really freeing for all of us as actors on the film that we could sort of just experiment with wherever we were on that day and use it as a, a form of catharsis. You know what, what I found funny? I saw, I started seeing some memes uh, during the pandemic on social media that where it says like, what I thought the pand- what, what I thought the end of the world was going to be like, and you see like a scene from walking dead, what the real yeah. end of the world is, is like you in your pajamas watching tiger King. Like <laughs> it's, and when you, and your movie was very much like that. It was about like, it was the, not the, the zombie fighting one. It was more about like, we're just going to walk around and watch. I mean, it was like essentially that energy of like, eh, we're all yeah. dying today. What are we going to do? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, Daryl and I had not seen a film, an apocalypse film that wasn't, you know, like um, sort of like violent mayhem. <laughs> and we thought it'd be funny and interesting to explore just like, everyone's been preparing for this day for like months. So they're just kind of like chilling, you know? <laughs> yeah. You, there's nobody going crazy. There's nobody robbing anybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. except for, except for the car, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but no one, but it's, and you're such, you're thinking about it. Like what would happen? I mean, would it be, um, what's that movie? Oh God. When you have the one night, one night to kill everybody, um, to do any, that, it, it, it's a, oh, the, 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 there's a series of them. Oh my God, I can't believe the purge. Uh, is it the purge? Is it like the purge where all mayhem's going to run loose and like, well, no one's going to stop us. Or I love your ending, by the way, I would much rather live in your world's ending than, <laughs> than the purge to tell you the truth. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think we, the world at large need, needs, needed and needs some tenderness. And I think that was part of also what we wanted to do. We wanted to make a film that was like funny and playful and irreverent, but like ultimately tender, you know, because we're all pretty raw. Um, I still are. St- and, yeah. And still are. Yeah. We're, not, we're not out of the woods yet. We, we see the no. light. We see the yeah. light. We sure do. When you were making this, there was no light. No light. No, <laughs> no light whatsoever. Um, now, what was it like, you know, you've worked with your husband uh, as a co-director on a lot of projects. I mean, I, I uh, you know, cooking dinner with my wife uh, sometimes it has uh, issues, let alone uh, directing something with her. How do you navigate that world? I mean, that's a, that's a landmine in itself, landfill in itself. Yeah. This was the first one we actually co-directed. We had co-written um, and co-produced. Yeah, you worked together. Of, of films. So we had a lot of experience working together. And, you know, I mean, I think there are pros and cons to it. Like, <laughs> we, are a great, we are a great team in many ways because we share a sensibility. We share an aesthetic. You know, we trust each other's taste. Um, there's a, a common language that you know, I think is really important when it comes to like efficiency. Um, And then, you know, I think the, the, the lines between personal and professional can sometimes be challenging, you know, Um, but doing it within quarantine was, (laughs) we decided to add an extra. (laughs) I was about to say. (laughs) 
an extra challenge to uh, to to living with your partner. Yeah, during uh, during a, a global pandemic. It's funny. It's funny because a lot of people realize that like when the pandemic hit and they were quarantined, like I really don't like you. <laughs> like I I think this is. Yeah. I mean, that happened. And then the other other side is like, I really like spending time with you, you know, right. which yeah. is so it, it, it that the pandemic has forced us to do things and mm-hmm. focus yeah, so face, much. Face everything head on. Oh, it's it's remarkable. And what was it like when you got the call to MGM? I mean, MGM bought your film. So what's that? Yeah. Like? What's that call like? <laughs> oh, it was so exciting. Um, and they've been such great partners and yeah. just. Yeah, they're they're. Um, enthusiasm for the film their love for the film is just like it's so it's just a it's like a big studio hug <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's so nice and they're so wonderful and they have great you know taste like i think it's just been so exciting like they sent us like a pass of like the posters and the trailers and that can go really wrong you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you'll like get those things and just be like you are off base like this is not the movie please don't embarrass me um and they came in with just like amazing trailers, amazing posters. Like um, they really get it. And and it's just so exciting. And it's exciting that, you know, we're going to be um, on demand and streaming, but also in theaters, in select theaters. So I think especially coming out of out of quarantine, that's just so exciting to, to go <sighs> to be able to see our, our movie on the big screen. And when's it come out? July 20th. July 20th. Is, is it day and day or is it going to be a delay? Yeah, it's day and date. So it'll be available on streaming as well as uh, in the theater, but go to the theater. I mean, get first of all, be vaccinated first, then go to the the theater. Um, Now I'm going to ask you a few questions. Ask all my guests. Uh, What advice would you give a a filmmaker trying to break into the business today? (sighs) Buckle up, baby. May I quote you on that? I'll put it on a t-shirt. Buckle up, baby. It's going to be a rough ride. It's a living nightmare. (laughs) Um, uh, What advice would I give? I would say, you know, just find a community of people that you like making art with. Um, Mm. Because I think that making those relations, you know, creating those relationships early on is really such a gift. And, um, you know, I've worked with my same DP every film I've directed she's amazing. Her name's Hillary Spira and, and, and the TV pilot, like, um, my same editor I've worked with on any, every film. And it's, it's, it's really nice to, to, especially when you're just breaking in to find other people who are in a similar, you know, position as you similar level, you can all be sort of learning together and creating together and then creating this, this common shared language. Um, and I think if you're in, film school, especially like making those connections is so important because, um, yeah, just like finding a great sound person, like while they're young, you know, that get them cheap, like, hit them get them like, cheap. Well, exactly. I mean, it really is about getting them cheap. And, <laughs> and when we made breaking upwards, um, it was our DP, Alex Bergman, who Daryl literally, he was working at a, um, like a mailboxes, et cetera. Um, but he, he owned a camera and wanted to make a movie and then literally two people we found on Craigslist for free. Um, and th- that was our crew and, and you can make movies that way. I mean, especially, and that was in 2008. I mean, the technology has, has advanced so exponentially that 
I would say just go start making shit, you know, like don't be afraid of, of making mistakes and Mm -hmm. not getting it perfectly right. Like just start, um, just start getting out there and, and flexing those muscles because you're going to fail. You're going to fail even when you're successful. I mean, especially when you're (laughs) successful, you know, like that's the thing is like, um, is, is, and that's what we're always up against, right? Like creatively is to not let the, those moments stop the creative spirit. So I would say also know that you have, there is going to be a lot of gatekeepers and sometimes those gatekeepers are important to listen to because you can learn from them. And other times you're, you can say, fuck, fuck the gatekeepers and just go make things on your own. Now do you, which just brings me to a question. You as an actress decided to take kind of control of your own destiny and start writing and then eventually producing and directing. Do you recommend other actors do that? And if you're a director to start writing and so you have something to direct and, and vice versa, if you're a writer, start learning how to direct and just, even if it's at the lowest, even if it's a $15,000 indie, get it done. It's something, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think as an actor, especially, I mean, there is so little that you are in control of. <laughs> um, so to, to write your own work is for me, it's been like a, a real lifeline, you know, um, because I get to write the parts I want to play. Like what a, what a cool thing to be able to do. And um, yeah, so I would, I definitely, I recommend, I mean, I think the interdisciplinary nature of like learning everything is so important because even if you're not going to do it professionally, like if you're directing, you should take an acting class. Like Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're directing, you should take a writing class, you know, like. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And now back to the show. Even if you're not going to do that, ultimately, I think. Sorry, there's like a real party outside my window. It's, it's, uh, New, it's New York. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, 
because I do think, I think being an actor has informed so much of how I direct um, and being a writer has been informed so much of how I direct and, um, and being a producer certainly mm-hmm. informs a lot of that stuff too. So now yeah. what is the lesson that took you the longest to learn, whether in the film industry or in life? Mm. Um, man, I guess don't take it personally. <laughs> I'm Great. still learning that one though. <laughs> that one's a toughie. Yeah. Uh, and then three of your favorite films of all time. Mm. Moonstruck. Great movie. Great movie. One of my favorites. Um, Morvern Caller, uh, which uh, is also one of my favorite, my favorite films. Um, what's my third? Um, I love... I really love love and basketball. It's Gina. I remember. Yeah. I think it's just like a beautiful love story. Um, It's such an epic love story that I feel like is sort of unsung, Um, but she's an amazing director uh, and is still making amazing films. And then again, where can everyone uh, find how it ends? It's going to be in theaters and all streaming services. It's going to be select theaters. It's going to be on demand. And then, um, I think it will be on all streaming services at one point or another, either for transactional or another. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, Zoe, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been an absolute ball talking to you. Thank you. And continue (laughs) and continued success and uh, hustle uh, recognizes hustle because you, you are a hardworking, hardworking woman. Uh, And so congratulations (laughs) on all your success. Thank you so much. So nice talking to you. I want to thank Zoe so much for coming on the show and dropping her knowledge bombs on the tribe today. Thank you so much, Zoe. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, including how to watch How It Ends, head over to the show notes at IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash 486. And if you haven't already, please head over to FilmmakingPodcast.com, subscribe and leave a good review for the show. It really helps us out a lot. Thank you again so much for listening, guys. As always, keep that hustle going. Keep that dream alive. Stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Indie Film Hustle podcast at IndieFilmHustle.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-F-I-L-M-H-U-S-T-L-E.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, 
where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.